And you have just tuned in to Classic Elder Scrolls Night. I am your host, Avarwin, and today... Today is Freydas. Thank God it's Freydas. Second Seed, the 16th. Uh, looks like we're starting off uh, very well right now because... Uh, <laughs> Apparently Skyrim just crashed, <laughs> so I, I apologize if what you're seeing right now is just a black screen. We're gonna, we're gonna get it up in just a minute. Uh, so she said, <laughs> "Giggity." <laughs> uh, our show is sponsored, in fact, uh, by Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com for quality headphones and 30% off. Use our code off the record, all one word at tweakedaudio.com and of course by Audible Trial audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork download your free book today at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork uh, this is Classic Elder Scrolls Night and you can watch us live 9pm Eastern right here on youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork uh, we're trying this new today. Uh, we may be going back to Twitch next week. We may not. But if you are interested, that is twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, you can email email the show at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. You can find us at elderscrollsofftherecord.com and, of course, at questgamingnetwork.com. And you can follow us at Elder Scrolls OTR. Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash Elder Scrolls Off the Record. And Google, Google.com slash plus sign Quest Gaming Network. Tonight, we're playing Skyrim. At least we're attempting to play Skyrim. <laughs> I'm getting it up right now. Uh, that's uh, Maury. That's your cue. There you go. It's already up. Yeah. All right. Good for you. You did not disappoint. <laughs> As usual. Uh, I'm your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin, and I'm not joined, uh, I'm not alone, I'm joined by the one and only, uh, the, the, uh, menace to Tamriel himself, Moriku of Tamriel. Hey, I'm about me, Moriku, here on Classic at Scrolls Night, the greatest show ever to behold your Friday. There you go. Grabbing your Freydas where you want it to be touched. Oh, yeah, totally. I went totally right carry on that, that boy. <laughs> and we've got John. John Supa, what's going on, dude? What's going on, man? Good to have you back. I thought you were dead, though. Good. It's good to be back, to be honest. And uh, you guys did a fantastic job with uh, last week's episode. Thank you for, for filling in. It's it's definitely good to be back. Uh, and we have the uh, the uncompromising, the slightly frustrating, but the oh-so-lovable, and you want to pinch his cheek, Shank the Tank. I have the need oh, God. for speed. Shank was on this show, and then I kicked him off. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> it's from Top Gun. I don't know. Who the hell is Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Shank lives his life one quarter mile at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Good Lord. Uh, So what are we talking about today, guys? We're going to be talking about help with sword and board class and looking for a little help with my stealth archer. Uh, Also, we should should have John's mod of the week. Hopefully that's, that's a thing. That's a thing. It's a thing this week. All right, it's a thing this week. We're doing that thing this week. (laughs) 
Uh, plus Maury's random lore book. It's a thing. It's a thing. All right, that's that we're th- we're thinking out tonight. Uh, John, what uh, what 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 do we have to look forward to tonight from from you? What do you present? Uh, Real Shelter, another little immersion tweaking mod that fixes something uh, for Bethesda. So this is actually good because it ties into something else. See, it's almost like I planned this stuff. Yeah, I know. It's it's almost like the notes slightly matter. Almost. No, they don't. They don't. We've got we've got notes. We might. We might. Uh, and and Maury, what book are you? Uh, what book are you going to be presenting to us today? Um. Well, if I planned it, I would say I'm going to do um, Scourge of the Grey Quarter, but it's random, so it may be different. That's right. Okay, so... Uh, but it won't be. Yeah. But it could don't, be. Don't look behind the curtain, folks. Uh, don't look behind the curtain. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> no, do pay attention to the man behind the curtain. He's going to murder your children. Whoa. Uh, wow. Uh, we've also, uh, we're also joined by you, our wonderful chat room. Uh, this, this is Paygate. That's who that is. The, the official QGN mount for Skyrim. Is he really called Paygate? Yeah, he's, he's really called yeah. Paygate. He's a white horse. Oh. This is part of Fred's mod, QGN Hosts in Skyrim <laughs> version 2.0. Oh, uh, great. He took, he took Shadowmere, reskinned him, repurposed him. Uh, he is now known as Paygate, and uh, in his mod only, of course. Uh, <laughs> and he's got this, this really cool like horse blanket with the QGN logo on it. Oh, yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And creepy blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's Paygate right there. <laughs> well, is that is actually because um is actually Rocky Mage Light. Ah, okay. Well it's actually in a fire, but uh-huh. that's from the game that shall not be named. Indeed. <gasps> I'm I'm super excited right now because in front of me is this place called Pure Water Run. And if you look on your map in Skyrim. I've I've never actually been here before. Me neither, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you? Yeah, How's you're near an, you're you're near an orc stronghold actually. Uh, yeah, Dus Dushnikyal. What what was that, Maury? You you said it right earlier. Dushnikyal. Sure. Uh <laughs> so it's <laughs> It's yeah, just the British guy said. Right. Uh it's just southeast of Markarth, uh northwest of Dushnik y'all. Dushnik y'all. Dushnik y'all. Get him some lemonade y'all. Dushnik y'all. John, do you think if you like say it in grunts, you'll be closer to how the orcs actually say it? I, I do, but I won't. I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't. Dushnik y'all. Dushnik y'all. Dushnik y'all. Yeah, that place. Dushnik y'all. Nah, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, real bad. It's also just south uh southeast of Hag Hag Rock Redoubt as well. So if you're if you're looking to see where this place is, um that is it. I don't normally like peruse the western edge of Skyrim mostly because m- my game sort of just takes me into the center, into the north, into the east, but very rarely out into the west. I wish Honestly, that Bethesda had a heat map because I have a feeling that that's most people. Because I also very rarely explore the western edge 
of the game. I'm usually stuck around exactly what you just said, the north, center, south. Yeah. I, I sort of feel like um, most of the game's quests uh, from the beginning sort of start off there and, and end up there. And I got a lot of these points like all explored on the map. It's kind of jarring for me to see the map so... so uh, yeah, not many of them say cleared. Populated. <laughs> That's uh, a thing. Yeah. No, a lot of them, well... No, no, most of them don't say cleared. They don't. Labyrinthian definitely does not, I'll tell you that. It's it's almost like you only kind of part-time play games. Oh. Which character are you on right now? Uh, right now I'm playing my, my paladin, and I've chosen this character for a very specific reason, um, and it has a lot to do with our, our, uh, our first discussion point, which is... Uh, help with sword and board class. I, I sort of wanted to, I guess, display uh, my my current build and all that. You know, when we get to it at some point, um, and and kind of go through it and show you like how I how I've built my my character, who is in fact you know a sword and board uh, character. That makes sense. Almost like you planned that. Right. Right. Almost as if. Uh, the notes mattered today. I, I like the fact that you keep saying sword and board when you know that you hate saying that. I, I detest it. I really like saying sword and shield, but yeah. It's mm-hmm. apparently like a thing now to say sword and board, so. Yeah, I, I use sword it's and catchier. shield. It's catchier. It's down with the interwebs, you see. Yeah. <laughs> All the cool kids do it. It's not even accurate. Shields are made of Just, multiple boards. Okay, slang is never accurate. Well, you could call it sword and board, then. No, that's dumb. One of us. You're dumb. Yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> it's a sword and a board. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, how about how about we get into it? Um, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, today's theme is uh, is obviously Skyrim, but but what about Skyrim? Why why Skyrim? Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of our our favorite builds uh, in Skyrim, like what we basically how we how we play it. Um, and and sort of tackle some of these questions uh, that we've we've found on the uh, official Bethesda forums. So, Maury, why don't you help us out with the first one there, please? Any any time you get to it, of course. I will get there in my own time, sir. All right, excellent. Okay, this is by um, Mad, or M-A, uh, Mad Max, that's what his name is, with the fancy ats in the middle. So um, It says, coming back to Skyrim, this time to play a sword and board kind of class. I used to play archer class, and that was easy, but I sure as hell lose HP fast this time. Uh, don't know what that means. Are there anything I should consider playing like this? Open fight with a bow, get trillions of health potions. What should I put my points into? Wow, that's really bad English. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, that's his question. Um, Any advice, John? We'll start off with you, maybe? Uh, yeah, I do have some advice. Get Excellent. rid of the shield. Oh, Why waste your time? Just use a two-handed weapon. You can block with it. You're fine. Why even use a shield? No. 
Uh, honestly, he should probably put points both into um, his sword, his health. Obviously, he should be putting a majority of his uh, attribute points into health. A bit into stamina. And he should really put uh, his perks into one hand, his shield, and his armor. Increase his survivability. Okay. Hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. I would say I I would probably favor more stamina over health because you can block more. Like if you get unmitigated damage from a block, it's better than taking a flat hit to a larger health pool, in my opinion. Makes sense. What about you, Shank? I know this is uh, kind of like out of your realm. Yeah, this is this is sort of new for me, but I, I quickly learned uh, that. So he he mentions you know the bow here, and the thing with the bow is that you you can keep your enemies at a distance, right? So you you can you can I, th- I think you I mean you you have more of a uh, the, the the combat isn't necessarily close to you; it, it, you keep it at range. But with the sword and shield, you immediately bring that combat closer to you. So I think definitely, definitely, definitely bring along health potions, like more health potions than you're accustomed to. Um, that's something I've had to quickly learn, especially because I'm not putting any points into restoration right now. Um, and I don't plan on doing that, but it just compared to my regular bow build, I'm using a lot more health potions just because the combat's a lot closer to me this time. So definitely, I mean, you can never carry enough health potions. So I would... I would definitely, definitely err on the side of just massive health potions. All right. Um, I guess what I'll do now is I'll sort of get into my build. Um, boy, that cave was really disappointing. There was nothing in there. Dude, I, 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 I've never been in there. I'm kind of glad you went in there. I thought it was going to be this like huge, sprawling network underground. Yeah, so did I. Oh, not really. Not at all. <laughs> Slight detour underground. So when it comes to a sword and shield character... Um, I, I would say that obviously let, let's get the obvious stuff over with. Okay. Heavy armor, one handed skill tree and, um, uh, shield block. Yep. All right. Now these things you want to max out as, as best as you can. Um, now I have 85 in armor, 66 in block and 100 in, in one handed. So everything is, is maxed out there. Um, as far as anything else is concerned, all right, I use restoration magic. I've got 65 in restoration magic. Now, for my, uh, for my health, magic, and stamina, um, health at the moment is, is 340. I've got a level 54 character right now. So my health is at 340, my stamina is at 290, and my magic is at 220. So... Most of my points obviously was was put into health. the The whole idea behind this is I'm trying to get as much damage mitigation with the highest health pool possible without nerfing my magicka or my my stamina because that's where my stamina is is where my my damage is is basically going to be coming from um, for you know a good portion. 
You want to make sure you've got a large stamina pool to get you through a, a, an extended duration fight. Um, and certainly you want to make sure you've got a health pool as well that's that's going to be able to augment such a thing too. Um, and that's basically how, I, how I've built this character um, with a lot of thought into you know into restoration as well so well i mean you have 65 points in the restoration do you think someone could get away with uh only really investing in the self heals uh the healing spell whatever the first one is and then heal fast healing or whatever um yeah i mean it depends on on the the feel that you're trying to go for in your play style and now the reason why i have 65 points in there is because i'm i'm trying to uh, get a a um, self healing character, a paladin type of 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 character with this with this build. Um, this to me is is how a, a paladin should should play. Lots of uh, lots of defensive capabilities, um, as much damage as you can squeeze into into that build as well uh, with with self healing ability, enough to get you through an extended fight. Now, if you don't if you don't want that, like like Shank, uh, who you know doesn't really want a lot of restoration magic with his uh, heavy armor character, you know I would recommend an even larger health pool, or um, like you said, you know carry a lot of potions on you, and at the same time you want to get into let's see for for skills when it comes to potions, uh, you want to get into alchemy because there's there's perks in here that allows you to not only create uh, better potions, but that the effects are going to last longer. Okay, but I mean, is there an, uh, an alternative to restoration that anyone has tried that they've had a lot of fun with? Like, um, could you substitute that with maybe destruction magic and go for a more damage-oriented, very offensive uh, sword and board character? You know, that that actually... So basically just pure out, just totally all-out, like, aggression, basically, at that point. Yeah. Just try I mean, and yeah. end your enemies as fast as possible. Yeah, you use the uh, destruction magic for some of the um, area spells and whatnot. And also, if you are able to back away or you will find yourself against someone at range and you can't move in quick enough, like if you're against an archer or a jerk with crossbow uh, hmm. in Skyrim, which is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I would I would recommend uh, prioritizing some of those things I, I discussed earlier. Uh, one-handed being the highest priority. If you're looking for like an, an offensive type of of uh, sword and shield character, you want to prioritize one-handed and heavy, uh, excuse me, uh, blocking as well. Because in, the, in blocking on the right-hand side of the tree here, you have uh, power bash and then deadly bash. And this adds to your DPS. So, so when you, you're able to, with the power bash unlock, you can, you can then do a power bash. You can hit somebody with your shield. Deadly Bash takes that damage and it, and it uh, increases it by five times. Um, also, you have Disarming Bash that when you do a Power Bash, not only does it uh, 
do five times its damage normally, but it also disarms, which is great for defensive. Um, but it also, you know, it, it, well, it's, that's really what it is. It's, it's defensive, but it'll help you get out more DPS as a result of having to, uh, block less if they're, if they're a melee character. So it staggers them or it just, just totally disarms them. Is disarms that... them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also block block runner. Uh, this helps you move faster with a, when you have a shield raised. That's dude. Okay. That's what I need. Yeah. So okay. I would recommend stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's what you're prioritizing. Cause I mean, the bulk of what you're doing is getting up close and personal. But what I'm referring to is like those instances where you find yourself against a mage or an archer. How do you, what do you invest in just to allow you to put some damage on them while you're closing the gap? Well, um, again, uh, let me, I gotta, I gotta recall you back to the, to the block tree on that. Um, it's going to take a while to, to get to it, but this one right here, quick reflexes. You're, when you're in a situation like that, you're a one handed and shield character. Okay, and you're trying to close the distance. You are you're not doing any damage whatsoever with that with that shield and that that weapon because you're too far away. So you've got to be able to. You're in a hundred percent defense mode at that point, unless of course you go into you know magic or ranged. But that's not you know the question. That's not the discussion. Um, the question is is you know. What do you use in order to to close that distance? Quick reflexes helps a lot. All right, it slows down. It slows the world down when you're when you've got your your shield up and someone does a power attack. It slows the world down so you can kind of like react a little bit faster. Also, block runner. I wonder what that would be like with the uh, slow time shout. Probably pretty ridiculous. Um, elemental protection helps when you're when you have a, a mage throwing like fireballs at you. Elemental protection helps. Um, block runner, like I said, able to move faster when your shield is raised, and then shield charge. You can sprint when your shield is raised, and you knock down most of the target. So as you're sprinting and you hit them, bam. Uh, there's also I think perks inside uh, heavy armor as well. Reflect blows. 10% chance to reflect melee damage back to the enemy. No, that's not it. There's a perk, I forget exactly where it is, that allows you to, to block more effectively. Um, when it comes to arrows, I, I, I don't... I think it's in the... Yeah, I think here it's we go. one deflect of the earlier ones in shield, isn't it? Yeah, arrows that hit the shield do no damage. Deflect arrows. That's, yeah. uh, again, in the, in the block tree. Are we kind of talking about building the character, or are we talking about, say, like a maxed out character, what it should look like? Do you think? Um, to me, it says uh, that they're they're building a character, but let's let's not forget that you know a sword and shield class uh, or a sword and shield weapon character does not necessarily have to be a heavy armor wearing character either. No. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, to that point, that's how I'm building my current Sword and Shield character is totally light armor um, with that. Of course, because I'm coupling that with sneak, but yeah, I'm not I'm not going the traditional you know heavy armor, sword, shield sort of archetypal build that uh, I guess you would have in mind with that. But yeah, now how are you how are you building that character right now, or what's your current plan? Do you think? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because I I'm definitely investing in in the uh, the block tree um, for sure because uh, just given what you were uh, just talking about a few minutes ago, uh, one handed tree. Of, uh, for sure, but really, I'm, I'm he- investing heavily a lot early on in my light armor uh, because I know as a you know lower level character, you're you know one guy you can take on, okay, sure, but two guys, yeah, that's that's going to be a little bit more of an issue. And since I do want to sneak, and light armor is better for uh, for that, I'm investing more in the perks early on with the light armor, where it's you know it's it's you know, the, your light armor is, uh, you know, X percent more effective, that kind of thing. So I'm putting more, um, uh, more points into, I guess, uh, my, my defense, you would say. Uh, and it's because I'm choosing not to play with the heavy armor that I'm more concerned about defense. And if I, if I was playing with the heavy armor, I would probably more evenly distribute my points with sword and, uh, with the one handed and the shield. But now I'm definitely a little bit more biased towards the light armor defense. Now, are you like also specking into some sort of school of magic? Nope. So why didn't you go medium armor as opposed to light? You don't have medium armor in Skyrim, dude. No, you have cloth. Oh. Cloth light. Me- yeah, you have well, the cloth, yeah, but light and heavy. Well, it's all right. You know, sometimes we get a little little mixed up. <laughs> no, but you have the meat, the leather armor. Yeah, that's light. Which, that's yeah, light armor. Then, okay, so that's what you're going yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Right, right now, because I'm yeah, I'm running around. I think with like, oh man. Well, you're, you're about level two, so you're probably on like leather, maybe imperial. Armor. Yeah, I think I actually, I think I have imperial right now, just because that's what I found. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's just the light stuff. But because of that, yeah, I'm definitely more bias towards building up a better defense than an offense with my sword and shield. Okay, yeah, no, I just I was thrown off because the term light I was thinking you're using cloth. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's uh that's the uh the game that should not be named. I think some of that's seeping <laughs> in cuz I was thinking the same thing too for a little while there, John. You're definitely not alone. <laughs> so you like well for me if I was building this class what I would start with is as soon as possible finding Kesh at the, at the Shrine of Periite. Yes, and getting, that's a good um, point. And getting Spellbreaker as soon as possible because yep. that, auto, you know, that, uh, that while also perfect. being a really high-end shield also gives you a Spell Ward. No, I, think that's, about, I think it's about 50 points. Um, yeah, so you yeah. take 50 points of damage. So, you know, it, um, it's good to start off, you know, and I would also say look at Enchanting. Um, I would then definitely try and then start crafting your own armor and getting enchants on there so you get your resistances against lightning fire for, for, the, for dealing with those mages. And then also I would go for a um, a paralyzing chant on my one-handed. So it almost lets you, know, it, it lets you deal with more than one enemy at a time. You can block one, you can paralyze another while you kill one target. Also, 
it can reduce the amount of you have to block, uh, block against a single enemy seeing Zari's paralyzed on the floor. So maybe it may be even alchemy potions you could um, work on paralyzing chance. I know Imp, I think Imp still uh, definitely has a paralyzing chant. You just need to find something else with it. Maybe Nernroot um, offers that. But that, that's another way of maybe exploring more of the of the trees um, would oh, yeah. be enchanting and uh, alchemy. I, I would, would say Spellbreaker is very good. I would definitely recommend smithing, enchanting, um, alchemy for uh, like, you know, for, for these builds. Um, alchemy is, is really good. Uh, but if you're, if you're looking for something that's, that's, you know, less uh, needy in a fight and, and sort of more automatic, I would definitely go with enchanting and smithing because you're making the armor, you're improving the armor, and then you're you're buffing the armor. This way you don't have to break in the middle of the fight and, and toss down a potion. Um, as maybe like a more creative way of doing things as well, uh, look at the illusion tree. Because even though you are a, a um, heavy, well, I should say heavy armor all the time. Um, even though you're a, a sword and shield character, um, just by virtue of you sort of walking into a room and saying, hey guys, come at me, and then attacking you uh, in melee range and you attacking back with the sword and shield means that you don't really have a whole lot of control over the situation. You sort of just have to deal with things as they come. Uh, versus having just you know a a um, uh, a sneaky character where you can you can sort of pick and choose your battles based on you know how many how many guys you can grab and and remain in sneak and then jumping back into sneak so illusion can help with controlling the fight with with controlling what's going on around you. You can you can sort of crowd control one particular character, have the rest come at you and that's one one uh source of damage that you don't necessarily have to uh involve yourself with. Um just coattailing on what Mori said too with the the spellbreaker. Um you, what's something that would go complement that very well is dawnbreaker. Uh, the Shrine of Meridia. So yeah. I think getting those, <sighs> just purely from a weapon standpoint, not necessarily skills, but just weapons, I think those two would be pretty high up on my list. And in fact, Maury, you gave me a good idea. That's what I'm going to focus on right now, actually. No, actually, one thing I wanted to maybe suggest to you, Shane, was if you're going that light armor route, maybe alteration, dropping iron flesh, stone flesh, so you don't have to wear the heavy armor, but you're getting that armor boost from those actual um, magics if you wanted yeah. to, to diversify get, a little bit. And mm-hmm. then get the um, dragon skin shout. What's uh, what's the chat room saying, if if anything at all? Uh, let's see. Uh, Robert in chat says, in Restoration, there's a perk that healing spells also restore stamina called Respite, and Quick Reflex works with two-handed. Yes, yes, very good, very good. Yes, I like that. That is that is very true. Let me see if I can find that. I think it's Recovery. Um, No, that is not it. 
Uh, no, it's, it's in the restoration perk. I think it's to the right. Well, he says it's respite or respite. 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 Yeah. Respite. Ah, yeah, ah here it is, off to the left. Yes, healing spells also restore stamina. Yes, 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 respite. Um, I think that is a uh, that's an addition actually to my restoration build that I've I've uh, I've recently acquired. So, and it it it's fantastic. And if you're doing a paladin build, I I highly recommend it. It's 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 great because you can, you know, having that that source of magic. Uh, excuse me, having that source of stamina is is very very important, especially when you're trying to block. Because when you block, it takes a little bit off of your stamina. And and if you don't have any stamina left, obviously you're not blocking effectively, and and that's that's no good if you're in a bad situation. Now I have a question because I honestly haven't noticed this. Um, if you're blocking and somebody hits you uh, while you're blocking, will that lower your stamina as well as your health, or just your health? No, it just lowers your it just lowers your health. Okay, okay. Yeah, but if you if you if you you know take a good solid hit, any hit uh, with your shield, it's going to lower your stamina. And then when you push back using the the power bash, that's going to yeah. That's when you lower your stamina too. So, so having a good stamina pool is is very important. So, this is all good because this is pretty much like what I'm going to be doing with this character. So, yeah. Um. All right, guys. So, so speaking of builds, I think uh, a lot of us here on on the cast usually use uh, sneak characters, correct? Yep. 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 <laughs> bread and butter. Excuse me. All right. So. John, what's the uh, the the second one here that we have from the the Elder Scrolls forums? All right. Also from the Elder Scrolls forums, we have Book Nerd Twenty Six, looking for a little help with my stealth archer. And he says, or she says, I've just recently started playing Skyrim in full detail. My first character was a Kaji, and she was focused on just stealth and one-handed attacks. I got tired of the same old thing and decided that I wanted to start over as a wood elf and lay to focus on archering and, of course, stealth. Being a new gamer, however, I'm not sure how to go about this. Is there any tips? Helpful tidbits would be lovely. I have a few more questions, but I'm not sure how many I can throw into a single thread. This person is speaking my language. Oh, yeah. I like the way she does it. Whoever book nerd is, you just earned a huge G award for playing this style. <laughs> it's the right way to play. Yeah. So can I offer my two cents on this? Go for it. Yeah, let's uh, let's lead off with Shank, and uh, we'll go from there. So Bosmer Archery Stealth, that is literally every single ca- – like, that is what I do, man. That is my bread and butter. I absolutely love that, and I'm sure – I mean, Maury is a huge Bosmer fan, too. Um so he's at, or he or she is asking, I'm not sure how to go about this. Um, one of the things I would highly, highly recommend if you're doing a stealth uh, archery character, uh, go with light armor. Light armor is your friend when you're sneaking. It really, I mean, the heavy armor versus light armor really does affect your sneak, believe it or not, um, which I like. Uh, so definitely go light armor on this. Secondly, um, if you're going to be sneaking around, I would. It goes without saying. Invest. I would say invest evenly in light armor, archery, 
and sneak evenly. Um, I mean, if you want, you can put a little bit more uh, in your uh, sneak because just by sneaking around, you're going to be leveling that up quite quickly. Uh, and you want to stay current with your sneak. So definitely those three are very, very, very uh, necessary. As well as um, for attributes, stamina and health, I would be a little bit more biased um, towards health on this just because uh, sneaking doesn't really use stamina as much. So you're not going to be... And plus with an archery, yes, drawing your bow does use stamina. But uh, you're not going to be compared to a sword and shield. You know, you're not going to be holding down the uh, the button to do a power attack, which uses more stamina. It's just you know you pull back on the bow and you release it. Uh, so I would definitely do that. And as far as gameplay, like playstyle, start off with the thieves guild. Start off with the thieves guild. Uh, start off with the uh, dark brotherhood. I would start with the thieves guild first. Get a couple of those quests under your belt before you hop over to the dark brotherhood. But those two quests in tandem, once you get the respective armors for both guilds, do a mix and match um, because both of them really, really do complement archery and uh, stealth. Uh, you just got to pick which pieces of uh, armor you want from either of them. Uh, start with that and uh, combat. Avoid combat as much as possible. Uh, that'll only help your... Honestly, that, I'm not saying this just because it's my playstyle, but it, I, it genuinely will help because somebody gets close to you uh, as you're an archer, What do, you have no defense. You, I mean, you have no defense except to run away. So if you can avoid combat and you're low level, please avoid combat. You might have to take the long way around in some things, but you will survive at the end. Um. My two cents. I might have missed something, but somebody else go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, you, what, what would you say, uh, John? Um, I go a different route than Shank. Uh, I use the build to be more tactical. So I invest in Eagle Eye and um, is it Steady Shot or something? Yep. Oh, yeah, because yeah, those, yeah, those two are so crucial. Yeah, and then with the slow time shout. So, well, I think Shankmore maxes out his sneak first, and I actually go for my bow. I invest heavily in that right off the bat. And then I also like to pair that with the slow time shout, because when you're an archer, like you said, you don't want things to get in close. So being able to slow time, one, just by aiming your bow, and then two, uh, with the shout, gives you a lot of opportunity to control the situation and decide, you know, what you're going to target first and, and hit what's going to be more of a threat to you immediately, let you assess the situation. So I use my archers usually is a much more tactical uh, build. Also, I invest most of my points into stamina because, like I said, while Shanks uh, may not because he's not holding it down a lot, when, you, when you're using Eagle Eye, it actually is draining your stamina. Mm-hmm. So... That that's a good reason to want to have a lot of uh, stamina regen, especially if you're slowing time while you're doing it, because then you're you're in eagle eye for quite a while. Yep. Yeah, the amount of stamina that uh, eagle eye tends to drain keeps me from getting into that that uh, perk when I build a uh, an archer. Oh yeah, I'm a glass cannon because you hit me once and I'm done, but. Most of my points are in stamina. 
What about you, Maury? Well, I kind of like a little bit of both of what what they're saying. I'm with Shank, and I would say Dark Brotherhood, make sure you go there first. You know, you can pretty much go to that straight away. You just go talk to the dude in Riverwood he tells you about Aventus Sorrentino. You go do that, then you get the hood um, of the Dark Brotherhood, which gives you 20% extra damage on bows, which is great. So clutch, dude. You know, and then of course with the dark with the Thieves Guild armor, you've also got um, increased sneak as well as uh, shrouded armor. I believe you've got uh, increased sneak on the boots. I think. Uh, and like John was saying, put really put points in in the archery because while you do need that extra stamina for eagle eye and things like that, if you're using your bow enough, you're going to end up with. Um, Bullseye and Power Shot. Now, Bullseye gives you a 15% chance to paralyze, which is one of the best ways to keep an enemy at range if he's dead on the floor and can't move. But also, Power Shot gives you the stagger. So, you know, you can you can fire arrows at a ridiculous rate and just stagger them, and then they're never going to hit you. Uh, but what I did for my... The legendary playthrough I did was spec into uh, Illusion. So if there was three mobs, you just chuck out a uh, a fury spell, and then those three mobs become two, and then you chuck another one, two becomes one, and then you can pretty much stay stealthed and then just pot shots to kill the last. Um, and also using illusion, while because it aggro's the um, the mon the mobs. Um, it counts as you're being stealth. So with them not active looking for you, but still being aggroed by you, it will boost your sneak up ridiculously. Uh, and then, so that also gives, you know, starts um, really building that sneak type archer. That, that's that's kind of how I like it, doing it, is um, chuck a mix of all in. and But yeah, I mean... Me and John are both more offensive minding compared to Shank, so I would take putting a point into my bow every chance I got, and then the other ones into sneak, and then illusion as well to uh, offset um, some of the fighting I'd have to do. I think also one of the things that I, uh, um, I I'm I'm sure you know Maury and John, you guys have used this too, and I certainly have um, the detect life shout. Very, very important, especially if you want to like go into dungeons and stuff. I know, like, if Arwen's a huge dungeon uh, dungeon diver, yeah, but I've ever, I don't actually ever use that. I've never really found. No, 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 I know, I know, but I'm saying like if you're an archer sneak type, right? It's good because you you sh- you know you go into the dungeon, you use detect life, you figure out where the people are, and that'll give you. It'll basically tell you, okay, I shouldn't go there because there's like a crowd of three people there. I need to sneak around and go this way. Yeah, it's uh, definitely very handy because you're you're is. not designed to turn a corner and run into three no. draugers standing there. No, um, not at all. Like you would be with the sword and board characters exactly. that you play a Varwin. So that that's probably why you don't use it for you know a stealthy archer. Uh, the more information you have, the, the better more control you have of the situation, and you exactly. really need control of the situation because you don't want them being right on top of you. And the other also, thing too, sorry, you guys think? Oh, I was going to say, you know, especially. 
if you're running around outside, you know, distance is your friend, and you that, that's basically at a pre, uh, at a you know you have that as a luxury. But as soon as you go inside in a dungeon, man, that space soonly like very quickly becomes a premium, and you start running out. And an archer's strength is in the the range that he has, and the more range that you can artificially give yourself by understanding where the enemies are, only that's only going to help you tactically. Yeah, and I was I was just going to say that um, another great shout is um, throw voice because that way you can either lure them to you or lure um, them away. Also, right. another way of doing that is is just to fire an arrow into a wall, and that will uh, that will get um, attention. Yeah, doing that or the throw voice was another good one, and both of those moves will actually help you raise your sneak. Yep, it's the same as using an illusion spell because you've aggroed the mob then. Yep, put them on alert. They start looking around. Your sneak starts going up. Yeah. Um, what stone do you guys usually take uh, at the thief. beginning? Well, I do thief first until I get a significantly like a, a good, um, uh, a good you know skill ups and uh, boost in those, and then I go to the the lady stone in the ma- middle of uh, Lake Illinalta. Lady stone's fifteen percent boost everything, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I would probably start out with Thief because then that would just sneak, but then I would go to Warrior to get more levels in my bow, and then when I felt that was reasonable, I would probably go Mage to get my Illusion up, uh, and then I would go just flat out for everything else, like a Lady, or maybe maybe Atronach to uh, resist some um, magic damage. I yeah, see. You guys changed that, uh, that, that stone up there? The uh, the warrior, the mage, and the thief stone. Like I've never actually thought of changing that at all. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, when, once you get skills to hundred, you're getting absolutely no benefit from having the warrior stone anymore. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, it's 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 just far better way of min maxing your character. I suppose is to is to change that up. And and honestly, to to that that point, I actually am kind of different from you guys. I'll try and go the warrior first because I don't I don't find in those early levels it's very hard to level up your like I don't know even with just taking the warrior stone, my sneak goes crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Also, you're thinking that you're starting on a Bosma, which already has a um, a sneak. It's got it, yeah, it's got buff. the bonus on there. So, but if you were you know if you're starting out say an old mirror carry, uh, an ultimate or a um, Breton or something like that that would really be helpful the thief mm-hmm. stone see this this is really cool because like clearly I'm way more defensive minded than you guys um it's w- with my like player builds but it's it's really interesting because like I it's just fascinating to hear like a completely different approach to the same exact overarching play style yeah yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's what makes that's what makes these discussions like a lot of fun. I think especially for us because you know there's especially when it comes to Skyrim, like you you can't you, you don't you can't play that game wrong. The only way you can play Skyrim is your way. Mm-hmm. And I mean just just think about like earlier when I was talking about Sword and Shield, um you know, Illusion can have a part to play in that. And you know, name another game where you know, you could play like a, a heavy armor, sword and shield type of character that that uses illusion magic or something like illusion magic and actually be effective. But yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, like that's that's there's crowd like serious crowd control in in illusion magic, and that has a place in a build for for uh, the, these types of characters. 
Yeah, I mean, also going back to that, I actually forgot to bring it up at the time, is another good way with Skyrim is, A, you can have companions, so you can just stand there with a shield, resto magic, <laughs> heal them, let them do all the damage, and you just stand there blocking. Two, you can go with conjuration. You can you can bring up oh, astronauts to do yes. fighting. You can raise up zombies. You can you can do all sorts with that as well. So there are there are offensive ways of of playing with a sword and shield, and then there are defensive ways of doing it and let someone else do your fighting. I mean, Lydia loves to carry her burdens. <laughs> I mean, now, if, if you, you got Noel um, <laughs> the Lioness, she can't actually die. So no, you just heal her for a bit, and she'll just go kill everything for you. And you just stand there with a shield. And if you wanted to make a stealth archer, another way you could go is um, conjuration and then illusion for the silent casting. And oh, yeah. For the conjured bow. bow. Yeah. And bow. Because that's expensive to cost. Cast. And actually, you know what? If you do that, you well, might as well do points some. Points Magicka. Don't suck. Yeah. yeah. If you do that, though, you might as well do. Um, enchanting because don't don't you if you have a conjured weapon bow like doesn't it do soul trap uh no it does yeah. that anyway yeah, just by that's what um, I'm saying. Right, oh, right 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 but if it does soul trap then you can you, yeah, you know with enchanting you can enchant your armor and oh stuff right yeah sorry right that's insane that's just, just oh, like no, how everything just complements everything else yeah <laughs> All right, guys. That's, all, that's, all, that's one thing I, I'm going to like about Elder Scrolls Six when it comes out is that we don't know what that game's going to be like. We don't know what's going to complement. So it's going to be a whole new learning experience. Like, I mean, this is what we're talking two years, three years after Skyrim released. Like, Elder Scrolls Six is going to give us this same knowledge after playing it for a while, and that that's kind of exciting. It makes me more excited for Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And this is the reason why we keep saying things like, you know, <laughs> there when, you, when you're looking for that single-player Elder Scrolls experience, uh, there's no other game out there that's going to give you that experience. So, uh, you know, don't, ne- don't fear. Uh, never, wor- n- never fear and don't worry, guys. Uh, you know, Elder Scrolls 6, I'm sure, is, is on its way, and it doesn't matter what other games in the, in the IP come out. Um, all right, so so John, on to your mod of the week. Oh, look, a bumper. Yay. <laughs> mod of the week, mod of the week. Much better. Okay, so um, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of biased, so a lot of the mods I use, because I don't want to talk about something I don't use, are little tweaks and adjustments that I feel maybe Bethesda should have paid attention to, but really help you immerse yourself in the world. Um, so this one is called Real Shelter. And what it does is Rain and Vanilla Skyrim It has an effect that happens in your vision. So when you're in the outside overworld um, or outside in a town that you've loaded into and it's raining, you see the rain in your vision. So even if you go under an awning or something, it appears like rain is still falling in. Or if you go into yes. some sort of shelter... Oh. That you can still walk into without having to load. It looks like the rain is coming through in that shelter. So what this mod does is this mod recognizes that you have gone under shelter or, for example, you're under the awning at the Sleeping Giant Inn in Riverwood and it's raining. Once you're under the shelter, it will disable that effect. You will still see the rain that's in the distance 
but the vision effect is turned off. And then when you walk out of that awning, it will enable the effect again. Do you do you see what's going on on the screen right now? Look at this. Uh, you're in a dungeon. You're running away. Uh, no, I. I <laughs> it, it's just a really beautiful uh, starscape. The uh, there's an aurora borealis out, and both Master and Segunda are just kind of like wrapped around curtains of light underneath a starry sky. Oh yeah, that's a pretty nice blue and purple effect going on there. It's yeah. very pretty. That is very pretty. And actually, it would be nice to be able to enjoy that, but if you have Frostfall, if it's raining, you're getting wet, and that is giving you negative effects to your skills. So with this mod, yeah. you can turn this on, not get wet, and then be able to enjoy these nice views. <laughs> Haha. That was pretty so, good. I like that. <laughs> do, you, do you need a scripting app to get this work, or does it just work no, this needs SKSE. Oh, man. Oh, come on. SKSE, at this point, SKSE is necessary simply because it has built into it the Skyrim memory patch, which enables you to activate the second 256 megabyte memory block without the crash. So, come on. Yeah, but that, I already point, have the standalone version of that memory. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> but no, you, I, could, I, you could disable that and just get SKSE and... I've just had game won't crash anymore. I've just had horrible, horrible experiences with SKSE, so I'm just so wary of that. You know, one thing that I've doesn't give you never, bad experiences, uh, tweetaudio.com, exactly, <laughs> because you know they have free worldwide shipping, and amazing customer service. He said, "Hey, yes. hey, hey Mori, hey Mori, yes, I, I have the need." Oh god! For speed. <laughs> so in that case, I would pop in some tweaked audio earbuds, and then you can enjoy some great music while going really fast. Right. Living so in your one quarter mile at a time. In your, um, you know, in your Prius or something, as you're rolling down the Hollywood Boulevard, looking at all the fly honeys, there with your tweaked audio naturals, there looking all woody in your ear. Which or you know me, or... I love my wood. Uh, or you could you could be listening to one of your brand new uh, free downloaded audiobooks from audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network uh, with your tweaked audio earbuds, right? You could be doing that. And I am a devoted user of Audible. So it is amazing. And they work great with tweaked audio earbuds. They do, actually. Two for. Yeah. See how that works? Yeah. You get you get tweaked audio earbuds at tweakedaudio.com for thirty percent off, free worldwide shipping. You get a fantastic product, sounds great, and at the same time, you go ahead over to audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network. You get a free audiobook over there, and you can use your tweaked audio earbuds. You can hear every rich detail in the sound, in the background audio, as a story is narrated to you by that one narrator that you love so dearly that really accentuates every word and every syllable in such a dramatic way. And you have yourself an unbelievable... You're welcome, listener. Here at Quest Gaming Network, not only do you get fantastic podcasts, but you're also a recommended, unbelievable products that will uh, increase your entertainment value. I'm sorry, I have two more points on this, though. <laughs> no, please, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll, you'll enjoy this. One, for Audible, uh, 
doc- David Tennant narrates uh, some Doctor Who novels. It is pretty funny, actually, because he oh, does the really? Doctor voice for when the Doctor is speaking, and then he uses his normal accent for the rest of uh, what he's reading. Does he does he do um, Tenth Doctor stories, or does he like do other other Doctor stories, and it's just him narrating? Nope, Tenth. I actually think That's they cool. may even have Matt Smith for, uh, you know, right some Eleventh Doctor stuff. Yeah, That's cool. That's very cool. And then I also really like that, you know, not to be that guy, but it's really good that everything that we do uh, advertise, we are actual users of. We have tweaked audio headsets. We have uh, Audible accounts and use them frequently. That's why Dave always advertised crack. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of crack users, Maury... What is your mother going to read this? Your uh, wow! Um, <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> speaking of crack users, where is my mom? Well, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yes, sir. So, random lore, sir. What uh, what will you be presenting today? Uh, keeping with the Skyrim theme, um, randomly, Scourge of the Grey Quarter by Frilgeth Horsebreaker. The tragedies befalling Morrowind do bring forth pity from even the stoutest Nordic heart. The Dark Elves deserve our condolences, but thus far they do not show themselves deserving of the simplest acts of charity. They are very different approaches to how to deal with the imminent problem of Morrowind, and I offer two options as seen in practice in Skyrim. One should serve as an example, and the other a cautionary tale. Consider Riften, which shares a border with the ruined province. A number of the Dark Elves have made their homes there, but they are expected to earn their livelihoods as in any other citizen of that great city. They ply their trade as merchants, work in the temple and serve in the keep. Honest labour to be admired from a race that was so recently in such dire straits as to even warrant this discussion. Today the city still has its problem, but they are not traceable to any influx of outsiders in their their presence. In short, the Dark Elves have properly assimilated themselves into the Skyrim way of life, to be expected from any newcomer to these lands. For our an alternative approach, we only have to look to once proud city of Windelm to see what can happen when our arms are cast too wide open in welcome. To think that the city of Eastcremore, whose very name was made in driving out the elves from our sacred home, would open itself as a welcome destination of any refuge from the smoking sulphur. It's a disgrace to the very idea of being annoyed. And what has become of this? Predictably, the lazy discontented rabble has descended into squalor into an area now delicately referred to as the great quarter of the city they were not expected to contribute and so have not they have attempted to make over a proud nord city into a little pocket of morrow and it's insulting enough but the amount of unrest they have provoked even within the proper city walls should give 
any other jaw reason to fear. The Nords I talk to in the city speak of constant strife and crime coming from the great, great quarter. With no respite in sight, the city guard barely patrol there, leaving the dark elves to met out whatever passes for justice in their native customs. The respectable families of the city, the cruel seas, the shatter shields, speak with almost parental affection of the Argonians in their employ, but the Dark Elves have made no effort to integrate or assimilate themselves to the proper city dwellers. There is cause for optimism, though, as Jarl Ulfric is not nearly so tolerant of these substandard beings as his father were. Indeed, the soft hand of Hoag can be seen in the city's Argonian population as well. The fishmen, at least, have learned how to best contribute to their new home. They have proven themselves as models toiling at the docks with the utmost efficiency and bright smiles. It would do the Dark Elves well to pay heed to their scaly cousins. I would expect in due course they will find themselves either contributing more directly once again wandering the land in search of roof and warmth. And that's the scourge of the Grey Quarter over at the Imperial Library. Wow. Racist. Yeah, a little bit. And people <laughs> love the Nords. I hate Argonians. <laughs> but they got smiling faces. <laughs> smiling, scaly faces, Shank. Wouldn't you love to wake up next to a smiling, scaly face? No. Would anybody? <laughs> well, what you need then is uh, Amazon.com. If you go there, you can buy skin cream, and that will get rid of those scales right off. And you can go there by clicking on QuestGamingNetwork.com or ElderScrollsOfTheRecord.com and uh, click on the Amazon link for face cream. Uh, thanks for that, Maury. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, all Straight. in all a good job. <laughs> Face cream. Because <laughs> we all use it. We all use it. And if you're not using it... You're uh, an Argonian. That's right. Ugh. Exactly. You know, I saw a, uh, a commercial on TV about, about men who need to moisturize. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, this is already a failed product because, like, honestly, as men, do we really care about moisturizing our skin? I, like, really, you, honestly, like, do you care? You no, but you mess. should use uh, conditioner on your beard. Right? Yeah. Right. If Owen has a beard, it can be your girlfriend. Well, yeah. If Owen can't even grow facial hair. Okay, that's not my problem. That's his. It doesn't need to condition it, then, does it? <laughs> I do. Though it does need to use rose-scented oil opinions. on those eyebrows. Need oh. for speed! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this sounds like a wonderful time to uh, head over to our, our two emails that we've got for this week. <laughs> and, uh, Shank, would you mind getting the first one, please, from Little Miss Rosie? Doo, 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 doo. Sure. Um, she says, I'm assuming... Uh, Hi, actually, wait, yeah, she's one of our Twitter followers, I recognize her. Hi, all. First of all, welcome back from vacation, Arwen. Hope you had a good time of rest and didn't forget about ESOTR, tongue sticking out, winky face. So this week, I bought the soundtrack to Skyrim, mind-blowing music. I literally cried and got the chills listening to Dragonborn over and over again, smiley face emoticon. 
All of this got me wondering. I don't know how you guys play your Skyrim, but I have never slain a dragon without the bow. Always kept myself at a distance, but in the official trailer, you see the heroic Nord Fusro Da the dragon and slay him with a sword and shield. How do you guys slay a dragon? And have you ever done it as in the official trailer? Maybe you could even make it happen on the show or give the challenge to Mori. Winky smiley face emoticon. <laughs> Much love and a lot of hugsies as Mona likes it. Yours truly, Little Miss Rosie, the beloved Argonian. Gross. Oh. Gross oh. about the Argonian. I'm sure she's a really, really f- cheerful person. She's a great person. She, is, she asks me she's some great questions on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, on TeamSpeak? Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's, she's hanging out with us all the time. One of there our, you go. Uh, she's, she's one of my um, peasant followers. Yeah. So this is—I actually need to echo her question because I have never killed a dragon with a sword and shield. I'm pretty sure I would, and I, the, the, that's one of the reasons I haven't like awoken the dragons yet in my game because I'm like scared. Uh, well, uh, the way <laughs> that's just a shame. Yeah, for one, though, you can't yeah. throw dart them. It doesn't work. No. It's, it's, you can't blow a dragon away. You can I, dragon rend them. It'll stun them for, for a few minutes, but... I was also going to say dragon rend. Thank you, Mori. Yeah. But, no, I've, I've used um, axes and swords because you get that cool kill animation where you jump on the head and stab it mm-hmm. in the brain. That's, yep. I like that. Yeah. I use dragon's bane and dragon rend. But um, legendary, no, I, I don't. I, I don't want to go face to face with a dragon. You remember that time when I had three dragons? I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going sword and shield against that. There's no way. No way. He was fighting these dragons for I don't know how long. Were you streaming, Mori? Two hours. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do. I'm not, not going to fight them with a sword and shield. No way. That was but a horrible day. It was. <laughs> Everything was attacking him. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Rend is is a fantastic uh, idea to to use. It's a it's a great it's a great yeah. shout. It pulls the dragon out of the sky, brings him right down to you, um, which is a problem when it comes to sword and and shield because they can fly away at any given point, and then you're just kind of stuck there, like you know, okay, waiting for you to come back down. So yeah, please come back and fight. Basically, yeah. yeah. The problem with, with obviously Dragon Rain is that you've got to play quite a lot of the main story to be even be able to um, unlock that. So if you're going Sword and Shield, I would say if you're not going to go Bow and Arrow, then at least spec into a little bit of um, Destro magic. And I would say also um, work on your Fire and Frost Resist uh, for Dragon Slaying. Unless you yes. have deadly dragons, in which case you might as well work on every resist, because you'll need it. Oh, go get Spellbreaker. Spellbreaker! <laughs> that, that should be my thing. Spellbreaker. That should be or, your thing. Yeah. Or but it's not, could, so let's move on. You right. could be like me and not trigger the dragons, so you don't have to run away from everything. But well, then you're missing you... out on one of the best parts of Skyrim. Yeah, but if you did want to run away, what you could do is need the speed. That's true. Need for speed. Yeah, the, the dragon fights in Skyrim are like the best it's like one of the best parts of the game. They're yeah. Ba- yeah, they're basically boss fights. <laughs> Unless they unfortunately happen on your way up the 17,000 steps or whatever. Oh, I'd love that. that. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that. That's horrible. That's wor- yeah, it's worse yeah, than fighting that stupid troll. too early. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, whoa, whoa, Frost falls on. This is an unfortunate situation. <laughs> yeah. All right. John, how about our second email, please? All right. So, Armand here once again. A few episodes ago, you discussed mods in Skyrim. While I've only played Skyrim on consoles, I've played Arena, Morrowind, and Oblivion on my laptop, and I love them all. I never felt like the older games needed any mods or additions, but with Skyrim, it seems like without mods, the game feels shallow, which is why people have things like Frostfall and Realistic Diseases. My question is, do you think that the next Elder Scrolls game will rely on the modding community, or do you think Bethesda will implement their own mods and systems? Totally love the show. Maury and John make classic Elder Scrolls Night awesome. Your fan, Armand, and he is definitely correct. Uh, me and Maury make the show. Varwin and Shank are uh, thankful to be in our presence. Um, they let us know after <laughs> the end of every show. Uh, so, yeah, I totally get it, Armand. Thank you. Thank you for letting us be in your presence, John and, and Maury. By the way, can I get my Reese's now? Can I have my tea? Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to take, a dump. You, I'm Go gonna take a dump on both your doorsteps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine, Shane, because what will happen is that you'll come across all our fans as they cheer for us, and they'll see you do it, and then they call the police, and you'll get arrested. Mm-hmm. Because you know that you're in the need for speed. <laughs> Stop with the need for speed. Yeah, we totally know that you're going to be in the next Fast and Furious with Vin Diesel uh, now. Now, now it's out. Vin Diesel, Shank's Tank. Fast and Furious 7 running away and piecing out (laughs) but uh, back to Armand's email uh, because that's better than Fast and the Furious any day oh my god Dwayne the Rock Junction is going to be in the next Elder Scrolls film (laughs) or the the Elder Scrolls film yes close together that's why Shank's working with him in Fast and Furious because Shank's going to be in the the oh I'm tired <laughs> uh yeah well you know what uh well why would anything change you know uh, bethesda loves opening up their game to the modding community they they feel that it strengthens their game that strengthens the the uh the gamers connection to to their product and i i don't see that changing anytime soon at all whatsoever um, i think yeah, sorry, go ahead. Especially with Todd Howard at the helm. Go ahead, Shank. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And to, to add to that, mods only increase the longevity of the game. Doesn't matter what game it is, you open it up to modding, it will immediately, automatically open up the longevity of the game because you can constantly keep adding to it, changing it, providing new experiences. Um, secondly, um, or the part of the question was, do you think Bethesda will implement their own mods and systems? What I think is going to happen, and this is, you know, evidenced by their past behavior is that the modding community has made some incredible stuff for Skyrim. I guarantee you they're going to look at some of the more popular ones and some of the more feasible ones and say, oh, you know what? We can implement this as a standard game feature for Elder Scrolls six and they will do that. Um, and you know, they, they have done that. <laughs> yeah. One of a perfect example in oblivion, there was a followers mod in oblivion and what happened in Skyrim, you could get followers. 
Um, so you know, I, I think I, I think that they're going to do that, um, and what that's the, all that's going to do is that now that that's a standard feature in the next game, okay, great. That's only going to spur more ideas from the modding community, which will in turn inspire Bethesda in their next game, and so on and so on and so on. So, I, and you know what? I, honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I'm I'm struggling to think of a Bethesda released title in the last twenty years that hasn't had some form of mod, like modding modability. Rage. You, uh, Dishonored. <laughs> rage. Uh, rage. That, well, B- B- Dishonored Actually, was rage. Arcane. Rage was id. Uh, I thought that was moddable. So. I'm sure Rage, but I'm talking about like Bethesda Studios, like the, the Elder oh, Scrolls okay. Fallout people. Yeah, because I, I don't think they've released a game that isn't moddable. Yeah, I don't know. No, if it's a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls title, it's moddable. Yeah. So, fear not. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think that the the mods that we were talking about will maybe be introduced, like Frostfall or or those kind of hardcore immersive ones. I don't think they will be, but I think some other little ones. Um, as for one of the more popular ones, you know, at least in the PC, which is um, Sky UI, I don't think that'll make it there because you know I think they're going to design it for the console again and. So I don't think that the uh, the PC friendly mod necessarily will uh, make it into the game either. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen any enemies called afflicted in this game that basically just vomit all over you? Yeah, you're in the shine of Periite. You, you yep. actually where you're going to get Spellbreaker. Yeah. Yep, that's where you are. I've I've never encountered this before at all. <laughs> Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, because like uh, that's a spoiler, but basically Perry <laughs> I um, gave this plague to all these people, and you're sent there to um, to eradicate them. Yep. Yep. Kesh is basically like, um, so I'm not going to go in there, but it's like across the valley, so you can go no, in there. No, Perry I, because you have to you have to do that thing for Kesh, and he says, yeah, yeah, get me these diamonds or emeralds and. And then he makes this potion, and then you talk to this cauldron, and then Perry is like, dude, you need to go and kill this dude. Because he's totally whack. He's not doing what I told him to do. So you need to go and kill him and all these people. So that's You're what... a monster! Exactly. It's like, you get that, I'll give you this badass thing, and then you get, yes. Yeah, it's, 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 la- it's just pure laziness on both Cash and Perry. They're like, we don't want to do yeah. these things, so you're going to have to do them. That's 90% of the populace of these <laughs> don't want to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> you're a hero, right? Go do yeah, some yeah. work. Totally. Can you go milk my cow. What? No. It's totally Bonnie Tyler. I need a hero. I'm old enough for a hero to be in the night. He's got, he's got to be strong. strong. He's got, he's got to be oh, he's ready he's got to fight. The eighties suck. I need a hero. <laughs> oh, I yeah. uh, But also, I mean. One of the things is that they always make the games open to modding, and then you got to remember these games sell millions of copies. So let's say out of the million people that buy the game, a hundred of them know how to mod. That's a hundred new sets of eyes all looking at game mechanics and going, how can I improve this? So you will always have that improvement from the modding community, no matter how hard Bethesda works to develop these games. But I think kind of hearkening back to last week's episode where Varwin died um, well that's nothing new but uh, we were talking about the next gen and what we wanted to see from it and one of the things I want to see from the next gen is 
some of these immersion yep. increasing mods being more heavily thought about uh, and sought after, even if they make the concession that they are toggleable and you can decide to turn them on or off uh, based on the experience you want to have. I think these are things that they should look to adopt. And I'm also very hopeful because, like Shank said, you know they, they have taken stuff from the modding community and made it official. Uh, another great example of it was um, Hearthfire. Yep. That, someone had already designed that basic mod that did the same thing with tables and books and everything. And they just basically took it, tweaked it a little bit, improved on it, uh, and added it into the game officially. The other thing too is, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think those hardcore modes will, be, those, those mods that are out there right now, those hardcore mods, I think they should be in the game as a like. I mean, because think like Fallout New Vegas has a hardcore mode. You know yeah, why can't yes, they take something similar to like Frostfall, make it to uh, you know uh, adjust it to whatever needs that they uh, require for their game and add that as a hardcore mode difficulty option in there. Uh, do you think? Shame. Do you not think that they are um, too? Ter- you know, like Fallout is a post-apocalyptic survival game almost. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Elder Scrolls is more of a you know a high fantasy kind of say. You know, I'm the savior of the world. Um, so I think maybe they're different, and maybe yeah. I mean, they're 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 different. I, I agree with you. They they are different, but I think. I mean, there are definitely those p- players out there who want like a very very like hardcore sort of experience you know even regardless of the game they'll want to be challenged um and, and i think, I think the next... they might they might be niche but you know just that's just one more option that you can provide regarding the difficulty i think the net the next elder scrolls game is definitely going to have some form of of hardcore mode in there i mean it's it was highly requested and they put a legendary mode in here. They put legendary skills, right? That that's a, that's I, yeah. I see that as just another step towards a full fledged hardcore mode. Well, and sure. another thing is, you know, in these open world games, they are basically designing a world and saying, "Hey, experience this world." So I think you know, adding things like uh, the temperature having an effect on your condition um, and the need to eat and stuff harkens back to some other great titles that have had this in it in an open sandbox world, even mm-hmm. as old as like Metal Gear Solid Three snake eater where you had to not only sneak around and do whatever metal gear solid thing you had to do but also you had to eat to keep your stamina up uh on the harder difficulties and it just makes it more fun and it it makes you feel more intact with the world agreed all right guys well, uh, I think that'll just about end up our, our discussion for the evening. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for joining me yet again for another awesome episode of Classic Elder Scrolls Night. Uh, you can find this and everything else here at questgamingnetwork.com. Uh, we would appreciate your support in in however way that you you wish to support us. Uh, if that through if that be through a donation, you can you can go to questgamingnetwork.com and right there on the right hand sidebar, you can click on the donate button. And uh, any anything and everything is is highly appreciated. Of course, we we do thank you. Uh, please don't forget about the other wonderful shows that we have here on the Quest Gaming Network, including Swotor Reforged. 
which is Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And Totally Heroes, which is Mondays, 10 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, right now, uh, be watch our Facebook, watch our watch our Twitter. Um, we are thinking about switching over to YouTube as being our our main uh, broadcasting platform from now on. So that is going to be YouTube.com/slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, we do have a Twitch, obviously. That is uh, Twitch.tv/slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, of course, we do have forums as well. You can get to that at QuestGamingCommunity.com. Our Facebook is at facebook.com slash Network. You can follow us at Elder Scrolls OTR. And on Google Plus, we're at google.com slash plus sign Network. Final thoughts, gentlemen. We'll start with John. Another great night hanging out with you guys. I uh, thought we had some great discussion topics, so I can't wait till next week. And Shank. Definitely going to be implementing some of the uh, things we discussed in my Sorted Shield character. I'm going to tinker around with that and uh, see what happens. And more Q of Tamriel. May the bow be with you, my fellow Bosma. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. All right, guys. Well, take care, everyone. Be safe. Thanks for, for joining us. And as always, may the foos. Be with you.